Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Women podcast. If you're a woman who is ready and willing to be a follower of Jesus, you're in the right place. Join me as we dive in deep to learn how to embrace your journey on the covenant path with checkpoints instead of checklists. I'm your host, Darla Trindler, and I'm cheering you on. Welcome to your journey. Welcome to the Spiritually Mighty Women podcast. This is Darla, and I have a very special episode for you. I have brought a group of women together, and I've been anticipating this for several weeks, and I'm so excited to see their faces on my screen. If you go on YouTube, you'll be able to see them. But we're going to be able to hear from this group of women answering a question about what it means to them to live inside their temple covenants. What does it mean to you to live inside your temple covenants? That's what we're going to talk about today. I don't have a lot to say here at the beginning, except that I did want to share one little thing. My son is currently serving a mission and he wrote one thing about covenants in his email on Monday. And I wanted to share this, what you said. So he had a friend get baptized on Saturday and he wrote, it is so great to see the power of covenants in people's lives. When we make covenants, we're giving God permission to more fully act in our lives. And that is such a tremendous blessing. So I thought I would just share that to kick us off and, and start off this episode. I loved what he shared that it gives God the power to interact in our lives. We are going to go ahead and dive in, but let's go to Shannon and we're just going to go down the line and have everybody share, but we'll start with you, Shannon. Thank you so much, Darla. And so I've been pondering this question for me. And as I've thought about it, two things have come to my mind related to how I live inside my temple covenants. And one is that is all about quiet commitments and effort. And so when I think about a question, I want to dive a little bit. So I thought about what are my temple covenants? What are those things that I'm covenanting and promising to do? And so I thought about them from the temple and realized they're all commandments that help me to deepen my relationship with God, with those that I love. And it helps me to shows me how to give my best to the Lord, to give my best efforts to him. And they aren't big check marks. Like they're not like check, I'm done, I'm finished, but it's more of a way of living. And I just keep them quietly in my heart. No one other than God and myself is going to know if I'm doing and keeping these things. But I feel strongly to me that as I keep those covenants, I feel like I know, and I feel like I'm building something strong around me. The walls around me are strengthened. My foundation is becoming more secure and I feel safe. I feel safe in my temple covenants. There's this piece of art that keeps coming back to my mind as I thought about this question. It's by Eva Timothy and it's called Building Bethel. And it's this image of this cute little quaint cottage. It's a little bit shabby. And there is a woman out in the front of it. The foundation is cut open so you can see the foundation. It's quite substantial. And she's standing out in front of the house, the cottage with a shovel in the dirt. Her foot is on the shovel. Her shoulders are hunched over. You can see her digging into it. And, and the area she's working on is actually quite a bit below the foundation of that house. And in the background there around that cottage, there's an outline image of the temple and you don't really see it at first, but once you do, it feels like this, it feels very protective. And so there are two things that stand out to me in that piece of art that makes me think about my covenants. And as I mentioned, her foundation already looks pretty strong. It's very substantial. There's large boulders and it's like as tall, it's taller than she is, but she's still digging. She's still pulling that dirt from underneath and still working at it because that work is not done. And then also that temple backdrop around her cottage 
is like this ever present, like overarching influence over her entire little world. And so for me, like living inside my temple covenants looks like that daily intentional effort to keep building. I'm not finished. There's always some shingles to be nailed back on and some need to go deeper and deeper in that bedrock to build my foundation. To me, it also looks like knowing that I have that power of God around me, learning how to access it, which I think is key. And also choosing to feel safety from it and choosing to feel the peace that can come from that. I love that President Elson talked about that, that as we build our spiritual foundations, we don't need to fear. We don't have to succumb to the anxieties of the world around us. That image just really spoke to me about what I am doing to build my foundation and build stronger. And I know that living in my temple covenants is a way of life. It's the way I am. It's where I'm going to be, and that's where I always want to be, and that's where I'm going to stay, because that's just my life. I've been thinking about the importance of temple covenants and how it just really impressed me that every time we go to the temple, we're endowed with power on high. And what greater source of power can we have to face the daily challenges of life? As we make a regular commitment to go to the temple often, we can continue to battle the daily trials that we have against Satan and can remain firm and steady. And now that I'm getting upper in age, I realize what I want to be known as is a covenant keeper. I think that was, I really would like that on my headstone to know that I am a covenant keeper because that's just means so much to me to be able to keep the covenants that I've made in the temple and also at baptism and in our marriage, our eternal marriage. I think it's so important. And as we do this, it just remind me someone in our, yeah, it was in our three letters, their CTR, choose to write, but there's another word three-letter word that is so important, and that is the word try, T-R-Y, try to do our best every day. And as we do that, we can draw closer to our Savior, and it'll make it easier to keep our covenants and to live within the covenants we made. So as I was thinking about this, I, I love what Shannon was saying about like it's a daily thing and that you're just quietly doing these things. I think when we make covenants, we are showing Heavenly Father, we are willing and that we're willing to follow him. We're willing to keep on trying. We're willing to become like our Savior. I was thinking about how when we are living inside covenants, it means that we're focused on the Savior and we're willing to learn how to live in a way that he is the priority above all things. And that doesn't mean that we're perfect at it, but that we're willing to keep on learning how to do that. And I love Brother Anthony Sweat's book, The Holy Covenants, and he talks about how the Lord with the covenants, he's showing us the difference between a celestial life, a terrestrial life, and a celestial life. And one example that I thought of as a mom is those days when you have your kid wakes up and goes, oh, I forgot to do the science fair project. And how do we react? A celestial person might just get angry and frustrated, start yelling, I'm not doing that, I'm not touching that, like it's your fault. A terrestrial person might react more of a, well, okay, this isn't going to work out very well and start lecturing or start that in that moment, the teaching out of frustration, which I'm sure I've totally been there. <laughs> and where we're like, okay, fine, we'll just begrudgingly try to do this. And then a celestial response is, love and compassion and forgiveness. And yeah, I've totally forgotten something before, dude, let's try this and let's fix this together. And how much more of a learning experience our child will have when we 
can react that way. And I just think when we're living inside our covenants, we're just constantly telling the Lord, I am willing to keep on trying. I'm willing to, I want to be that celestial person. And even though I fall short, I'm going to keep on trying. And I know my covenants give me power to do that because the atonement covers me. The atonement of Christ is all powerful. And he's giving us that little opportunity to just taste of that power every single day and become something better than we were before. As I've been pondering this, I learned something about living in my temple covenants that I had never realized before. And it was through an experience that I had about a year ago where for health reasons, I hadn't been able to get out of bed for several months. And I was confused because I felt like I had so much good to do, so much to offer. I knew I had gifts. I knew I had a beautiful way to keep my covenants, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't physically do it. And, but I also realized that part of the reason I had ended up in bed is because I had taken on so much in the name of keeping my covenants (laughs) that I had completely worn myself out and even still didn't believe that God was pleased with me. And so I was in the middle of this health crisis when I woke in the middle of the night with three or four of the most beautiful yet painful words I had ever had the Lord speak to me. And the words were, me not. And I realized in that moment that God was a whole lot more compassionate and a whole lot less demanding than I had ever imagined. And that when I believed that he wasn't pleased with me, he was actually in absolute awe of me. And as I continued to ponder that experience and what the Lord was trying to communicate to me, I learned three things that I feel like have helped me to spiritually live in my temple covenants. And the first one is that of all the things we can possibly do, our only labor to perform is to look. That's it. All we need to do is look to Christ every day and he'll show us that small thing that we can do that will help us be a covenant keeper for that day. And number two, that sometimes that thing is just to be still. Just be still and know God and let him nourish you and let him show you all the ways that he's keeping his covenants with you. And the third thing was the importance of always standing at the recommend desk of my mind, so to speak, and watching those thoughts that are coming in and being like, okay, hold on a second. Are you recommended of the Lord? Lord, recommend that thought in my mind. Are you worthy to be here? Are you here just to tell me that I'm not enough or not worthy or that I really should do something in order to feel like I'm enough? And if that's the case, sorry, I'm not letting you in. And as I've remembered those three things, I just can feel confident that I am living in my covenants every single day. And the Lord is with me every step of the way. I don't know how long you all have been endowed. And so for me, this is quite new, all of it, because I just got endowed last December and it's only been 
a handful of times that I've gone. And now it's a monthly thing. That's the goal. And so I love everything you're sharing. Like you can see it in my cheeks. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you so much. And so for me, living inside my temple covenants, like in there, it's about how all of these things I thought about before as a coach. So like hope and mindfulness and confidence. And Amber was saying, switching that dialogue uh, into a more positive thing. All these four things that I would bring into my coaching as like the pillars are now, this is what I embody, I feel like, because of my covenants. I embody hope because I get to embody my covenants and those promises and that endowment and that blessing it's quite literally and so it's been such an awakening and uh, it's very much shifted my coaching and my approach to my clients the compassion the way of really committing to seeing the world through the eyes of Jesus Christ, which we do, right? Between baptism and all these other things, but maybe I never took it seriously before, or maybe it's just the power of the spirit now. And now it all makes sense. And now it's always at the forefront every day. It's been incredible. And um, I'm so grateful. So thank you. Paco, I attended the SALT conference in September and I went to a presentation and I can't remember who it was. She's here. Lauren, I think you were the only other one there, but, and it was about covenants and she framed it that covenants are all about relationships and the purpose that our heavenly parents have given us covenants is to strengthen our bond with them, to strengthen our bond with our savior and to strengthen our bond with our earthly family. She phrased it much more eloquently and gave all sorts of examples and research that she'd done. But when she framed it in that way, it gave me added inspiration and motivation to better learn about my covenants and what does that mean for my relationships. Because I want that deep relationship with my heavenly parents and my savior and my earthly family. And I have some in my immediate family who have chosen different paths that I would choose for them. And how does that impact my relationships with them? And I've learned that those covenants are so personal to me. And I may live them differently than you. You may live them differently than than me because I have different relationships that I need to build in my home and you have different relationships that you need to build in yours and your relationship with your heavenly parents is very different than my relationship with them and just like our kids each have their own personalities and each have their own relationships with us we can't look at others and say they should be doing this or they should be doing that it's deeply personal and the way I live my covenants has shifted because of the things that are happening in my own family. And it's been a really powerful thing to feel my heavenly parents guiding me to live in ways that 10 years ago, I didn't do that. And so I think that for me, realizing that it's a deeply personal relationship and it's different for everybody. My husband lives differently than I do. I think that was, has been a really powerful insight for me. 
Cheryl, I don't know if you could see it when you were talking, but everybody was shaking their head. Yes. When you said that it's personal, like we all live our covenants differently and that's how it should be. It's a personal relationship. I'm raising my hand because I just wanted to add on to Cheryl. I love when you said, when you added that little caveat about your husband, not living the life or whatever you said, I apologize if I don't remember, because that's my case as well. I'm the only one endowed in our house. And it makes me feel really powerful sometimes and other times is, but we're not alone and we do our best and everyone is definitely in a different situation. So thank you. My husband isn't dad. I was just saying he lives, it may look differently than how I do it. Yeah. But yeah, every situation is so different. Along the lines of it being personal, I was thinking about Elder Christofferson's talk and he talked about how this reporter was misinformed. He said that the reporter said that the baptisms were performed by dunking the microfilm into the water. And he's like, that would be really efficient, but it's not like how we do it because it is personal. We have to take the time to do all the work individually. And he said that the gate is so small that only one person can pass through at a time. And I love that idea that it's, it's personal. Uh, the other thing I loved was Sandy said that CTR, and that reminded me of Elder Uchtdorf. He said that CTR also stands for current temple recommend. And I love that. But when the temples were closed, the prophet asked us to just, he said, if you aren't able to get to the temple to rehearse your covenants in your mind. And I just think about all the people who don't get the opportunity to attend the temple very often. Ten years ago, I went on a study abroad to Italy. And while we were there, we attended a sacrament meeting and they were having a special meeting that day talking about their experience of going to Switzerland to the temple because at the time they didn't have a temple in Italy. And I was just in awe at these people who, sorry, had saved for three years or more to be able to save up the money to go be endowed and to make these covenants. And I just think that it's more about the inward personal commitment to God than it is about physically being able to go to the temple. And I was listening to a podcast recently, I think it was on the church news podcast with Wendy Nelson, and she's President Nelson's wife. And she was reflecting on the last four years as being the wife to the prophet. And one thing that really stood out to me about that um, interview was when she uh, spoke about how President Nelson really chooses his words. He's really mindful of all the words that he speaks. And with that in mind, the opening paragraph from his talk, The Temple and Your Spiritual Foundation, it really stood out to me. And it says, as we are performing major renovations on the historic Salt Lake Temple, this complex project includes major reinforcement of its original foundation, which has served well for more than a century, but this temple must stand much longer. And I love that. Um, I like to think how we all have a spiritual foundation and that we must spiritually stand much longer than we already have. And I love the idea that we need to continue to choose to honor our covenants and reinforce our spiritual foundations. I was also reading Elder Christofferson's talk, Why the Covenant Path. And he said, indeed, there are many who, while not on the covenant path themselves, act in a way that mirrors the choices and contributions of those who are on the path. What then is the difference of the covenant path? Actually, the difference is uniquely and eternally significant. It includes the nature of our obedience the character of God's commitment to us, the divine help we receive, and the blessings tied to gathering as a covenant people, and most importantly, our eternal inheritance. 
And I love the idea that we show our commitment and then in turn, we receive divine help and we get the gift of the Holy Ghost in our early baptismal covenants. And later on, he talks about how this gift is the right to the constant companionship, protection, and guidance of the Holy Spirit, and that we can have that gift as we stay living in our covenants. There was a man on my mission who, like you were saying, Aaron, he'd like lived the principles. And so when he was baptized, we were sitting in a little Sunday school class with him, and the, the topic was the Holy Ghost. And he leaned over to me and he pointed at it and he said, this is a lot different than I thought it was going to be. This is so much more than I thought it was going to be. That divine help because of that covenant relationship, the power. It's Sister Dew in that interview with the reporter who she says, wait a second, are you saying you have more power than me? And she's like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying God loves me more. I'm not saying don't misquote me. But if you're asking me if I have more access to God's power, yeah, I do. Because we have been inside those temples and we've made those sacred covenants. The story that keeps coming to mind is in the scriptures when Abraham is making the covenant, how he had set up all of the animals. He takes the animals and they cut them in half and they form this covenant path that then you eat the animals as the feast, celebrating the covenant they've made. And in that land, it was a big deal because what they were saying was if I don't keep this promise to you, if I don't keep up my end of the bargain, you can kill me. That's how serious I am about keeping this covenant. That was what it was witnessing. And Abraham, he sets it all up and he waits all night. And in the end, he falls asleep. And the Savior comes as that pillar of fire and that we often hear of in the Old Testament. And he walks that path alone. Because he knew, the Savior knew from the very beginning of our pre-mortal buy-in this plan, that none of us were going to actually keep our side of these covenants. We just weren't. And so our Savior is provided, and he has walked that path alone so that we don't have to. So that he can stand by us every time we're trying and every time we want to do better, we have hope. And so for me, living inside my covenants, means I live inside marks of my savior on my heart. I'm not grabbing fig leaves. I'm not trying to cover up my shame. I'm not trying to make myself something that I just can't be on my own. I'm coming before my savior and saying, I want to go home. And I want to become something. And I can't do any of that without you. And then he covers us and walks with us. That covenant path, I love, Darla, how you've been teaching on as, as check mark. Or check, what is it? Yeah, tell me again. <laughs> Checkpoints instead of checklists. Like the yes. checkpoints are the covenants. Yes. And like your little diagram that you have where it's like all over the place. I love that because covenant to me means that I'm with Christ and wherever my crazy journey takes me. He's with me, helping me along that way. And, and for me, it's just that idea. Of, sometimes we talk about covenants as I'm going to, the Lord will be bound when I do what he says, and he'll have to give me those blessings. So you have that doctrine and covenant scripture. 
But for me, it's that relationship. Again, finding to me is like the closer, like every time I keep my covenants, we're closer and closer. It's the hymn, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Like we wouldn't have made these covenants if we didn't love the Lord. So he knows we love him, but that doesn't mean we keep all those covenants. It just doesn't. But here's my heart, take and seal it. Here is my desire, my willingness. I'm going to get up and try again because I know I'm not alone. That was beautiful, Chelsea. I, I would just love to pick out one word that she said, that this is what I thought of when I was thinking about what does it mean to me to live inside my temple covenants. And it was the word cover. So Chelsea said that he covers us. And what I thought of was, have you ever found yourself caught in a rainstorm running for the nearest shelter while camping? You like run to your tent and you're like being really quick to unzip and you're trying to not let any moisture in, but you're trying to get in, but only the part that is clean. So you leave your shoes out and like this whole juggling act. And then I thought of like times when I have done that. And then I like huddle inside of the very center of the tent, because I know if I lean against the edge of the tent that I'll get cold or wet or something. And then I also thought of those shelters, like at a park where you have the roof, but you don't have any walls and everyone's like running to get under the roof. And they're all huddling together in the center, because if you stand on the edge, what happens, right? The rain comes in, you get dripped on or the wind blows the wetness onto you. You might get splashed or whatever. And I think that I just thought, oh my gosh, the covenants are like that. They don't protect us completely from every bit of the storm. We might still get cold or wet in some way, but when we put ourselves in the center and then Christ is the center of the covenants, right? Then we are sheltered. We're protected. We're covered from the brunt of the storm. And I was thinking about like on a more practical and less metaphorical level. I love metaphors, but I thought, what does this actually look like in my life? And I feel a little bit of pressure here to like say something brilliant, but it's simple, right? Because the gospel is actually really simple. It's just keeping those covenants, doing my part, like what everybody else has said. And then the other thing that came up is like remembering that Christ is always the reason I want to follow him for no other reason than he loved me first. So I love him back. And when I keep my covenants, when I remember him, and then I thought when I go to the temple often enough that I get to, I also thought of this theme that we're hearing tonight of, I get to deepen my relationship with the Lord. Like I get to allow other people to make those same covenants, but then I also get to understand the Lord and my relationship with him so much more. And those are all like really simple things that we can all relate to, but also hard because it comes in the consistency, right? It comes in the showing up when you don't feel like it and, and things like that, which is exactly what Christ did for us. So that's what it means to me to live inside my temple covenants. So one thing that occurred to me when Cheryl was talking about relationships was so back in the day when they used to, people used to take oaths as being very serious. You made an oath with someone and that was like unbreakable. We don't have that anymore, but an oath is like a covenant, right? And so when you made an oath with someone, if you broke that oath, you were damaging the relationship. People wouldn't look at you and think, oh, you broke that rule but you damaged the relationship. And that's really what's happening with covenants. We need to stop looking at it as 
a rule that we're supposed to be following because a rule is passionless and heartless. And it's like hitting your head against a brick wall. It's a relationship. And the Lord has told us that if we want, like everyone is saying, if we want to draw closer to him, then we keep these oaths and these covenants, because that is why it's given to us to draw closer to him. Not as this cold, passionless rule that we're supposed to be following for some reason or another. I think that is a really important distinction and, and just love that concept of relationships. When I was studying um, this talk and since October conference, one of the first thing that stuck out to me was that I needed to know my covenants better. And unlike Graciela, I've been endowed for many years. And so I have no excuse to not be able to rattle them off. And it still took me a minute to, to write everything down and to remember what they each meant and remember some of the verbiage that's really powerful that's said to us in the temple. So once I know them really well, then I pray for the strength to obey them, to follow them and for grace when it's too hard. And we've talked about invoking the power of God as covenant keepers. So not only do we gain more blessings and power from the Lord as we obey them, but that power also helps us to obey them. So this big circle. And then after that, we were as needed because we know we're not going to get it right. Not the first time or the second time or the 37th time, but hopefully we continually draw closer to the Lord. And then finally, I realized that for me personally, it was time to, as President Nelson said, take some measures that have never been taken before. That was the phrase that just leapt out at me in his talk is that perhaps we needed to take measures that we have never taken before. And that to me was a little kick in the pants. It was like up level, time to up level. Where are you falling behind? And so I just, during the talk, I wrote a list of things. Is it my scripture reading? Is it my prayers and meditation? Is it this? Is it that? Is it where are the areas where the Lord is asking me to step it up and take measures that will protect me from these storms that are coming because they're harder to deal with and stronger than ever before. So my efforts have to be stronger than ever before too. Can I just comment really quick on Bonnie's? I agree that like I had a similar experience. I need to be able to say my covenants out loud to myself. Being able to actually know what they are and list them out without having to go, okay, now when the last time I went to the temple, like, oh yeah, counting on your fingers or whatever. And in doing that just more regularly, and like my husband and I, we've tried to really talk about them more in our daily conversation and is also with our kids. It has been amazing to see how then suddenly it actually affects our choices. Like we actually think about them when we're making decisions and that hadn't happened before. And then, and that is, that's the whole point, right? <laughs> we're supposed to be making them in the temple. And then the rest of the time, we're supposed to be keeping those covenants. And if we're not remembering them, then how on earth are we supposed to be keeping them? May I say something again too? Talking about remembering our covenants, the most favorite church calling I've ever had has been serving in the temple as an ordinance worker. And it's so neat to serve and especially in initiatory, and to say those commitment, those words in initiatory, they're so powerful and so beautiful. I serve in the Cedar City Temple in initiatory is my calling right now. And we had on that same day, two different mothers came to the temple to do the temple work for their daughters that they just lost. One was a 13-year-old who passed away a year earlier, and her mother was there to do the temple work. And the other mother her daughter had passed away by murder. But on the same day, these mothers had the wonderful privilege of coming to the temple to do their temple work. And as I was thinking about this, daily they were keeping their own temple covenant, so they had this privilege to bring peace and joy into their lives to do the temple work for their own daughters. I thought, 
that's another, I think, responsibility we have as daughters of God is to daily keep our temple commitments so that we never know what trials we're going to be facing. But if we are prepared by daily trying our best, not being perfect, but trying our best, we'll be able to face that challenge when we are encountering it. So I think my best thing is, yeah, is just to remember the temple covenants we have made and to be prepared for the trials that are going to be coming our way. So when you um, brought up this topic, I had an experience that came to my mind that I needed to share. And at first I was like, are you sure, Heavenly Father? (laughs) And the thought that came to me was, I don't give you these experiences to keep to yourself, but I want you to share them. And the thing that happened to me is I've been a member of the church my whole life, and I've had a strong testimony of the gospel my whole life. I've just been blessed, I think, to have that gift to just know, to have that faith and and to know that this gospel was true. I was going about my day, and this is about a year or so ago, and I was thinking about all these wonderful people that were in my life that I knew that were, were not members, but they were just amazing, good people. And A lot of them were Christian and were strong in their religion and they believed in Christ. And there's other people that had different religions. They were good people. And the thought came into my mind, maybe it's okay that they're not members of the church. Maybe it's okay. That's their path. And and as soon as I thought that, I was covered in the deepest sorrow and the deepest mourning. And my heart just started breaking. And I realized But Heavenly Father was sending me a little bit of his heartbreak, a little bit of his mourning for his children. And I was about this deep heartbreak, like I was mourning a child. And I just started crying. It was so heavy. It was such a deep sadness. And I just started crying. And my heart was just broken. And I knew that Heavenly Father was telling me, this is how I feel when I'm losing one of my children, like when they can't come back to me. I knew that he was just giving me a token of how he feels when his children can't return to him. And I realized the difference between someone who is good and believe in Christ, the difference between what we have in our church and they don't is, are those covenants, are those saving ordinances. These are saving covenants that we need to have to return to our Heavenly Father. They do help us in, in our lives every day, but they are actually saving ordinances that we have to go through because there are laws that Heavenly Father has to obey too, so that we can return to him. And so after that experience, I was just like, I'm fire. I was like, missionary work. It brought a whole new meaning to the power of missionary work and the importance of missionary work. Because I was like, I want to save my Heavenly Father that grief and that sadness that I was just engulfed in for that moment. That experience just came to my mind when I heard um, what you were doing tonight. So I just felt like I just needed to share that. I've really liked everything that's been shared. It's been really good. I also haven't been in doubt that long. Actually, this May will be three years. I'm at BYU, and so I'm in a religion class right now. And sometimes for religion class, you have to write research papers, which is super fun. So I actually wrote a research paper for my religion class last week, and we could pick literally any topic we wanted. It was very broad. It was just figure out a question you have and then find answers and write about it. So I did that. And the question I had was, why do we even need covenants? Because God has all the power. And so I felt as like, in theory, he should just be able to make it work. Like, why do we need to make covenants? And it was a super good study for me to do. And I learned a lot from, I had to read different conference talks and scriptures and things like that. 
But something that really stood out to me, one of the chapters I read doing some research was in Deuteronomy and it was in chapter four. Part of it, it says, they destroy thee nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he swear unto them. I noticed like throughout the things that I studied was that the whole point of covenants for us is to remember and to be thinking about them. But also it shows that God remembers us. There's another one in 3029. He's always, I'm going to keep this covenant. So that's how I'm showing you. I remember you. I think for me, like living within my temple covenant sometimes is just remembering that God remembers me. And I know that going to the temple for me, even though obviously now when I go, it's not for myself, it's for who haven't had the opportunity, but just like what an individual experience it's still, I'm not the one making those covenants this time, but it's helping me remember those covenants. And it's showing me that God really does care about every single one of his children, because it was mentioned earlier, there could be a lot more efficient ways done, but it's done on an individual one by one basis. So I think it's just important to remember all the aspects of remembering. I love that, Allie. You guys have given me so much to think about. And I'm having a hard time figuring out how to articulate my feelings tonight. But one thing that I loved from President Nelson's talk was toward the end when he says, I plead with you to seek to understand temple ordinances and covenants. And then he tells us some things that will happen. And one of those things is you will learn how to part the veil between heaven and earth and how to ask for God's angels to attend you. At the end of 2020, I lost my last living grandparent and my kids were close to her. And as I've thought about all of these different, I had to go through and think about the different covenants. And I really love Anthony Sweat's book too. I can't remember who mentioned it, but he does a good job at outlining. These are the things we can talk about because I know sometimes we feel like we're not sure. But as he lists those different covenants, it just made me think so much about how as I'm trying to align myself with those, I've developed this overwhelming confidence that I can ask for angels. And I've taught my kids that too, that as they remember those people that we love that have gone before, like we're all connected because of Christ and we're all connected by our love for him as well. And as I live those covenants, I find that I'm best aligning myself with what God wants for me, what he hopes that I do with my time, what he hopes that I choose to do with whatever, however long I'm here on earth. So when President Nelson said, you'll learn how to part the veil and how to ask for God's angels, I just thought that's so interesting that we have to learn how. And I think for me, it's just been a matter of trying to align myself with what God is hoping for me. And that happens again, because I'm trying to be obedient. I'm trying to sacrifice and consecrate whatever I can. And I I hope I'm making that connection okay. But as I do those things, I feel like, okay, I can be confident that he will send those angels when I need them. Um, And so that's something that I haven't really explored before his talk. And I'm so grateful. And that's just one way that I try to live inside my covenant. I guess I'm the last one. I'm the holdout. As everybody's talked tonight, I had something in my mind, but the spirit can change what you're going to say and what you're thinking. So um, you'll have to forgive me. It might be quite emotional. There was a time when I didn't understand what covenants I had made and I broke some. Breaking those covenants really hurts. Even though you've made that choice, it affects not just you, but it affects your family and your life. 
but I do know that they can be healed. It can be fixed because it is something that you make with Heavenly Father and he wants you to come back to him and he wants you to heal those promises, those things that you've made. And I love that Sandy talked about initiatories because I had an experience just recently. I was in the temple and I was doing initiatory and I love initiatories. They're my favorite. The lady that was doing part of it, I won't repeat what she was saying, but she was talking and she was standing right next to me. And she said the very end of, of the first part. And I swear it sounded like Heavenly Father was talking directly to me. And he was letting me know that I was forgiven and that I was whole. And I hadn't felt that in a long time, even though I knew it, but that was just such a confirmation to me that why I was in the temple, remembering those covenants and relearning them and redoing them and how powerful they are and how needed they are, that I have to live within them every day. And I have to be the best that I can be. And I have to be who Heavenly Father knows I can be. Because he wants each one of us, even though we're so different and we're on a different path and we're pushing along, he wants each one of us to know how important we are, no matter where we're at on this path, wherever you're at and making these covenants. That's really been on my mind lately is who, where is each person in their, on their path and where are they making, when are they making these covenants and how are they going to make these covenants and just different things like that. I just hope everyone knows and understands how important they are. And that they want to live within them every day and don't ever take them for granted. Because they are so important. And I just, I'm so thankful for it because I can tell you I would not be where I'm at right now. If you can't tell, I'm sitting in the Release Society room at church because I just got done teaching a lesson. And I would not be a Release Society president. I would not be where I'm at along this path that if I had not healed and had not taken seriously my covenants. and relearn them and just be mindful and love and take those covenants with you every day. Thank you all so much for sharing. Lisa, I think it's appropriate that you're sitting in a relief study room because we are sisters and I have felt the spirit as we have come together and shared with each other. And it's just in any capacity that you can ever share your testimony, the way that you've seen God show up for you because you've been keeping your covenants, it brings power and it doesn't have to be on a huge platform. It can be in Relief Society. It can be with your ministering sister. It can be with your neighbor, a stranger that you meet. It, it has so much power. And I think that's what I've been learning the most lately is the power of sharing what my covenants do for me in my life with those around me. I've had a very strong witness lately that I need to do more to teach my children what my covenants, how they are shaping me. And so I have been diving in, learning about covenants so that I can teach my children. I was driving in the car with my 14 year old a couple of weeks ago, and she was telling me about her young women's activity for that week. She had volunteered to bring this nail polish kit that she had received for Christmas. And she was really excited to share this kit with her friends in her class at young women's and excited to paint their nails. It's like her thing. She loves to do it. But then she said to me, but I feel like, what if I use up all my stuff? And in that moment, this, we were driving in the car. The spirit said to me, testify of her of what the law of consecration means to you. 
And so we had a really simple conversation and the spirit was there. And I testified to her. I told her what the law of consecration was and what it had meant to me and how we give everything to the Lord and, and we receive blessings for that. And so that's what I've been thinking so much about is how can I share what I have learned with other people? And especially with the people that mean the very most to me, that's my children. That's just something that I've been trying to think about. How can I live inside my covenants by showing them? Like they know I go to the temple, but do they know how much it means to me and you know why I prioritize that? I think that we can share with them in a sacred way. So last week I shared a little video on my YouTube channel. I just showed a little resource that you can go to in the gospel library app to find out about covenants. And it lists out the five covenants that we make in the endowment and the promises. We can talk about those covenants and tell our kids what they are. We just tell them all the time, go to the temple, go to the temple. But do they really know why? It's because of these covenants and what do they mean to us? So that's something that I've been thinking a lot about. And I'm just really grateful for the spirit that's been here tonight. You have all uplifted me. And I hope that anybody listening to this will learn through the spirit, whatever you need when you listen to this. And I'm grateful for the savior and all that he has done for us. And for everything that you have shared, your witnesses of him, and that we have a plan. We have heavenly parents who want us to return to them, and we have a plan to be able to do that through our Savior and through the covenants that we make. Thank you so much for being here tonight. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and if you did, please share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on Apple Podcasts. This actually helps more women find the podcast and embrace their own journey on the covenant path. To find more ways to be a part of the Spiritually Minded Women community, head over to spirituallymindedwomen.com. For more inspiration, follow along on Instagram, at spirituallymindedwomen. Have an amazing day. I'm cheering you on in your journey.